Hello, and welcome to the podcast, As We Hear It, also lovingly known as Sam's Club. I'm Sam, your host. This is the show where we listen to a musician's discography and then afterwards rank their albums in order from worst to best. We're so glad you've joined us. Alright, well, welcome back to whoever is joining us. We're so glad you are listening to our podcast. This is episode two of a podcast where we talk about artists' discographies and we rank them. And what I mean by that is we listen to an entire artist's discography, they're all their albums, and then we rank their albums individually. And the way we've done it so far is we have taken Taylor Swift's albums and we've ranked them collectively from our least favorite to our favorite. Last week, we discussed our bottom four Taylor Swift albums, which were Lover as our least favorite, Taylor Swift as our next to least, and then Tide after that was Reputation and Speak Now. If you joined us, you noticed that Speak Now is probably the most divisive of the albums that we've talked about so far. Maddie and Adam had a bit of a debate. But uh, what we will be talking about today is our top four favorite Taylor Swift albums. And so I think we can all probably agree that these are uh, excellent albums that we all are excited to talk about and we all really enjoy, I think. And uh, some of the top albums on her uh, discography. So I uh, just want to remind you, for those of you listening, my name is Sam. I'm the host. We've got Adam here, Andrew, Stephen, Bennett, and Maddie, and uh, we're excited to get into it. So I don't want to drag along any further, but our fourth favorite Taylor Swift album, that's where we're going to start with today. And does anyone have a guess as to what the fourth favorite is before we get Folklore. into it? Yeah, definitely. Folklore. Folklore. Who else? Fearless. I say fearless. Should be fearless. I say fearless. Actually, y'all really like folklore. I'm going fearless. <laughs> okay. Our fourth favorite Taylor Swift album but was Fearless. Yay. Wrong. Yay. Fearless, which okay. Steven Boom. vehemently disagrees with. I want to give everyone's rankings before we get too far into it. Uh, my ranking was Five, which actually surprised me. I think, uh, I, I mean, I like Fearless. <laughs> I would have previously ranked it higher, but I ranked it as five. I surprised myself. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's a lie. I ranked it as four. I apologize. Four. <laughs> Maddie ranked it as number two. Wow. Andrew ranked it as number five. Steven ranked it as number two. Bennett, mm. the outlier here, as per usual, Boys. ranked it as the least and the lowest. Number what? Wrong with me. What? I hate myself. And Adam <laughs> ranked it number four. So we had anywhere from two to six for folklore. Folks, what do you think fearless about? For okay, fearless. just or sorry, no, for yeah. for fearless. Folks, Disclaimer: I I mean these are all like super close ratings. If you look at my numbers, doesn't too. matter. This is yeah. offensive and wrong. Yeah. What do we think? What do we think about fearless? Let's let's speak about it. Go investigating you right now. I mean this 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 was a toss up for number one, and mm-hmm. like whatever you can have your opinions, but the fact of the matter is, this is her only album to go diamond. This is her uh, best selling album that is of all time. Yeah. yeah. For good reason. And in anything less than like two or three, you're just I, you're wrong. I definitely think it was a, a a huge step up from her first album, her debut album. I think it's it was a very solid sophomore 
effort, which in most cases with uh, bands and musicians putting out sophomore albums, that doesn't happen. You know, usually a sophomore album is like a is kind of a slump or a decline from your your previous release. I thought this one was really solid. So, my like overview of this album is in all caps a classic. Like <laughs> it's a classic. Amen. And I think like you have to give respect to this album because it really like solidified Taylor as the main like up and coming pop sensation of our generation. Like I think if she had just come out with T- uh, Taylor Swift and then come out with a lesser album than Taylor Swift, she would have disappeared into oblivion. Great point. But the fact that she came out with Fearless like made her into sh- who she is today. And I think you have to give respect to that album. So I think the fact that you rated it so low, Bennett, is a travesty. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like this, like when I think of Taylor yeah. Swift, like th- this is the album <laughs> that yeah. I think of. I like, agree. You're yeah. communicating with that, Bennett. <laughs> I love Fearless. I think it opens with its title track, which is Fearless, and Fearless is a classic banger. And I think that she is obviously getting into more pop. I know there are debates about whether or not she was country and Taylor Swift, but now she's kind of moving more onto the pop side of things, which she obviously takes with her a long way, and it's so good. So number one, when I think of Taylor Swift, the song that always that I always think of is You Belong With Me, which is Amen, sister. We're on the same page now. So good. Like, not that it's my favorite, but it's just, it's the one that I just always associate so closely with Taylor Swift. And she's still so innocent in this one, too. Mm -hmm. 15, dancing in the rain in your dress. In Love Story, she talks about getting married and picking out a white dress. And I just think it's still very innocent Taylor. And I just think, oh, you can't, you can't hate it. You can't hate it. It's so good. Yeah. Anyone who hates it is a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I think there are only like two songs you can actually be like, eh, they were like, eh, kind of iffy. I think Hey Steven, eh, is fine. <laughs> Disagree. Like, and then Classic. I think White Horse, we're like, eh. Oh, all right, we're but, fighting again. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but this is the thing, Maddie. I don't think we're going to even fight because I think those are still two good songs. But I think those are the most forgettable songs on the album. Because I think before that and after that, you have things that could be in the top 100 chart like hits you know i love white horse i think that white horse is <laughs> underrated but i have to laugh because she has a line in the song white horse that says someday was someday i'll find somebody that might actually treat me well and i'm yeah. like okay how old are you that, right now like, <laughs> someday i'll find some- anyway besides that i think that white horse is underrated and i i disagree i think hey steven's a great song I think. Tell me why. I, I, I want to hear from Steven over here. Yeah. He's got an opinion on hey, hey Steven since it's his namesake. I, I mean, I've had it sung to me countless times. <laughs> oh, really? uh, I will say that uh, Kesha has a song called Steven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, which one's better? Basically, the alter ego. The, Do you like, prefer the drunk alter ego of Kesha <laughs> or of Taylor Swift? Do you prefer yeah. to have I that know. song sung to you over uh, Taylor? Song? Taylor, or sorry, the the Kesha version is is more. Um, my my style but that being said uh hey steven is still very i mean like you just go like out yeah song by song like fearless banger 15 banger love story it's like one of the top uh tiktok it's a cultural icon hey steven i know that one you know you belong with me i know that one uh the or forever and always the best day about her mom so good 
I tearjerker makes I me cry. I think that song is lame and it's boring. And I, why would you cry about that? She's trying so hard. I'm sorry. Well, good That's luck. Good luck doing another yeah, podcast yeah, episode. Yeah, this yeah, podcast bro. is not dedicated <laughs> to bad your mom. take right there. The best day. Like, it's you against the it's room, a bro. It's a good one. It is like, okay. The opening full line, of nostalgia. I'm five years old. It's, it's getting, getting cold, cold outside. I've I got, got my big, big coat on. on. Yes, it's everyone cute. knows that by freaking heart. Take, like take, away, take away Sam hates moms. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that is so lame. And I didn't. Have you ever seen the music video? No. Where it's like home video? And, and okay, you know, and I know that a lot of people <laughs> oh, who are really, really nostalgic about this song, but I disagree. I do want to give a couple uh, interesting stats about this album before we go too much further. Interestingly, for those of us listening, the. Billboard charts ranked it as their fourth charting album of all time. So uh, at number one was Adele's 21. Uh, at number two, this is a surprise to me, The Sound of Music. At number three, this should be no surprise to anyone, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Mm-hmm. And then as far as its charting place at all time, again, we had... Taylor Swift's Fearless, as Steven said before. I think it went platinum. Uh, This really propelled... Or diamond, yeah. This really propelled her into superstardom. You know, Taylor Swift's self-title was an album that uh, kind of got her into the limelight a little bit, but this one solidified her claim to being one of the biggest superstars of all time. Uh, And and I think it's a great album. Uh, I I do want to hear people's favorite songs on the album and then i mean we can continue with with further thoughts so i um when i did this i also included the i know you said it's diamond but on spotify it says platinum edition i yeah, think it is platinum two sorry platinum edition songs on some of my favorite like some of the underrated songs um so my favorite one is you belong with me because i think that was the first like major song I remember from Taylor Swift that I'm like, wow, this is really catchy. This this is a good song. And I think that kind of propelled me into the fan that I became of Taylor Swift. And so You Belong With Me has like a special place in my heart. It's a good song. Um, But I also think uh, three other songs that really don't get a ton of attention that are really good on this album are Breathe with Colby Calais. I love that song. Um, It's kind of a sadder song, kind of a more low-key song, but I think it has a really good chorus and message and and everything that's put into that song i think is very good and then two songs off the platinum edition that i don't think anyone actually really listens to is jump and fall and untouchable i think untouchable and jump and fall are both really good quality songs untouchable i think was actually written by the songwriter that wrote american honey um by a lady annabellum this is a huge hit um and so these are two quality songs coming onto an extra album that most people don't even give a chance to listen to, and I think it adds to the album's quality. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I agree with some of those. I mean, I think uh, my favorite, what I listed, was were Fearless, which I felt like sounded kind of like John Mayer a little bit, and, uh, and White Horse. My least favorite was Change. Things we sing hallelujah is the last song on the album just not it just wasn't exciting nothing to write home about uh one thing i would say i thought was interesting is 15 she kind of writes about 
her friend Abigail, which is, I think, mm-hmm. one of the first references we get, one of her best friends. And uh, she kind of talks about her friend giving everything she had and then both of them crying. Who changed his mind. Yeah, to a guy who changed his <laughs> to mind. To a boy who changed his mind. To a boy who changed his mind. And uh, it just feels like she's throwing her friend Abigail under the bus a little bit. Uh, Rachel I'm and sure Ethan. she got her hey, she but did, we, actually. We I both cried, that, yeah. so it's all right. They both yeah, cried. but they both cried, but Abigail gave everything to a boy who changed his mind. So At the age uh, of 15, which is I, underage. Yeah, I felt like a little bit petty, but I, I mean, I agree with Steven in the general idea of this album, I think. It's the first one that I really started listening to. It's the one that my mom had the CD of the deluxe edition of for 15 in her car. So we still listen to it all the time. And so this was my first real introduction to her. And so, of course, I I loved all the songs. And um, I think it's a great album. What else do we think? Favorite, least favorite songs from people? My favorite I put as Fearless. And I think one of the reasons why I love Fearless, and also I think this also applies to 15, is that it just feels very nostalgic. Mm -hmm. Like, even if Mm -hmm. you didn't date the guy on the football team or whatever, or you didn't do any of the things that she lists in Fearless, like, the whole thing just feels very nostalgic. And I think that Fearless is a great song. Um, I also love White Horse. I think White Horse is an underdog. Um, But something that is funny is that on the album, it goes, Hey, Steven, and then White Horse. And in Hey Steven, what does she say that he like has a face like an angel or something? And then she mm-hmm. also references that in White Horse about how like what is who knows the exact line? The the angel face is anyway, some back to back. I'm like that relationship was very quick. I think it was a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um, but my least favorite, I think, on Fearless is Tell Me Why. I just think mm-hmm. it's forgettable. Like I wrote that down and sitting here I can't even tell you how it goes. So I guess that's my least favorite. Um, so being the odd one out again, um, not where did giving, you rank this again? Uh, I did Bennett? not rank it well. I think it was <laughs> uh, my Shame. fifth. It was my fifth Oof. favorite. Um, and so again, be remember, you all are basing a lot of it on the talent and everything, but also the fact that you grew up with it, or like this oh, no. was Bennett. Your... Bennett, you gave it the sixth place. Place, right? Yeah, I yeah, so, lied yeah, to make it sound better. Rose, <laughs> 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 got so, you in the act very quickly because I'm sure everyone listening's dying to know what meds I'm on to say this. But um, <laughs> so pros, really, I'm hearing some really good improvement from the first album, specifically hitting harmonics and hammer-ons and strumming patterns. Everything musically just was an upgrade from the first album, and, and I, I would agree there. Um, and then some great tracks that we all know that right when you hear it first few seconds you know my and my favorite song probably that she's ever done is on this album it's 15 and to maddie's point i did write this down too you may not have experienced it but the way she explains in 15 in particular and a few others you feel like you lived it i feel like i'm in a high school that's like super not well known and just going through everything that she's going through or her friends are um so I really like that. Some of the songs, though, and I'm talking about the ones that we're not mentioning, I just feel like she was trying too much with her voice. She needed some training, and she didn't have it yet. Mm-hmm. You're not sorry. The way I loved you. Tell me why. Forever and all. I, these are songs that you guys did not mention. Though the, the great bangers. songs, the great songs are great, but the fact that y'all didn't mention those songs just kind of affirms that maybe, you know, my unbiased position is not 
Hey, name those crazy. again. I disagree. I disagree with edition. So I was about to add that, but okay. forever and okay. always, I disagree as well. I so you're not sorry. Still a good song. Superstar. The other Don't side like of the door. Come with the rain. Untouchable. Yeah, they're, I agree they're with a lot. most of those. Well. Did, wait, did you like like Untouchable and Come with the Rain? And all I didn't those? like those. You no. did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and again, Oof, there's bro. there's no nostalgia for me. So I'm I think okay. I'm missing an element that all of you guys have. Adam's shooting daggers with his eyes. With with my first listen, <laughs> yeah. that's just my take. Sure. And, but I'm open to listening to it again, and I think that I will probably rate it higher. And this, honestly, it's a matter of point three <laughs> that could have brought it up another three sure. spots. For oh, me. you sure. will rank it higher. <laughs> we we will back. ensure yeah. that. Torches and pitchforks <laughs> out. I I, I think you, you're just like the fact that you rated rated Untouchable lower. I think like that was a Taylor Swift song before Taylor Swift's time. I don't think it has the poppy flash that a lot of those other fearless songs do, but see, I rated her first album higher though, because they don't have that poppy flash. So I don't value that. It's really just interesting. It's what I've said, like the talent and Mm -hmm. the, she did improve, but just some of the things, I think the low points were a little too low in my opinion. That's it. Also, uh, some interesting things about this album. She was the, uh, First, or she was the youngest solo artist to mm-hmm. receive a Grammy for album of the year for this album. Yeah, youngest to have a best-selling album in a calendar year at age eighteen. Yeah, crazy. So this is really a huge breakthrough for Taylor. I mean, I commented on uh, lots of light mandolin, better leads than the previous album, better production. I felt like in the previous album, three songs about rain. Nathan Chapman <laughs> then, stepped it uh, up. Yeah, Nathan Chapman stepped it Is up on this, album. on this album. Yeah, Nathan yeah. Chapman did the first three albums for Taylor Swift, wow. and uh, I still felt she, she like she had shrill vocals compared to what she later has in her in her albums. But uh, this one's pretty good. Uh, Andrew Stephen favorite songs. Um, I mean, besides Hey Stephen, oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like that You one. Belong with Me. I don't know. I feel like that one's yeah. kind of a I agree iconic Taylor Swift song. Uh. In terms of ones I like, and then just like, I'll probably tell me why it, it it's more just not even a dislike. It's I don't even remember what it sounds like. Yeah. So. Uh, I I really liked uh I liked you belong with me as well. I think that's that's pretty iconic. Um, probably like the second or third most iconic Taylor Swift song mm-hmm. out there for me. Um, I really liked breathe with Colby Calais. Just the the harmonies, harmonized vocals on that song really did it for me i like i like harmonized vocals they sound great and i like the best day because it's an awesome song and you're completely wrong sam and you're an idiot so <laughs> agreed agreed <laughs> i will agree to disagree um while we're on it maddie you had a question i don't think we've really discussed it what was your question for everybody well i've already answered it for myself but my question was what is when you think about taylor Swift as an artist what is the song that you always associate with her not your favorite, not, yeah. you know, it, what do you always, for me, it's You Belong With Me. Same, like when yeah. I think about Taylor Swift, that song, I'm just always going to associate that song with her. I think first it's you and foremost, You Belong With Me. Right? Yeah, I think most of our songs come from this album, and that's why it's. Yeah, yeah that's why it's such a good album. Like that's this why is so Taylor unique, yeah. Swift. Iconic. At what? her best. I, for me, it's 22, 22. Um, just because that was like, that was like the, literally the first time I actively listened to Taylor Swift was when 
right after Red came out, and I just I just remember everybody was singing that song mm-hmm. or playing it or like you yeah. couldn't go into any store without hearing that song. Yeah. Um. So that that song in particular for me is iconic for her. And I'll say too, like, I mean, I feel like this album it really encapsulates what a lot of people think about her. And I feel like it was the last album like that that image of her felt like really, really authentic. And then I mean, you know, subsequently she still writes personal experiences, but like the kind of the Taylor Swift writing about love story and all that stuff, it, it starts to feel a bit redundant and you know, trippy which is why eventually you get to like a reputation. Sure. Like that's not who I am. She's got to write something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, "You Belong with Me" is, of course, uh, this this album is very quintessential. And I think we're for those who are listening, we're all millennials, and so this was one of those albums that a lot of us really listened to Taylor Swift for the first time on. This is one of the albums that we really paid attention and and listened all the way through. I mean, I'll say for me, I think "15" was one of those on this album that that really stuck out. That was one of my one of the quintessential Taylor Swift album or Taylor Swift songs that that kind of kind of defined her career. Bennett, did you have a, a song in particular that, that it was that? those two? If there was another that I had to add, it would be like you know, uh, I knew you were trouble. I don't know. Just again, yeah, I, that reminds me of just people playing it in the car, and you know, I just happened to listen to it because I wasn't actively going out, so that's how I got my exposure. That's it. Same thing, Adam. I knew your trouble was on the way. Oh, I know. I thought we were talking yeah, about yeah, when yeah. we hear a Taylor yes. Swift overall, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The overall, the overall, yeah. yeah. Sorry, what we, it's what okay. we attribute to Taylor Swift <laughs> yeah. when we think about Another her. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I think banger. I think we all agree. Fearless <laughs> is one of those albums that we attribute to to who Taylor Swift mm-hmm. is and was, and uh, is kind of her quintessential yeah. album. Definitely to a in lot her top of us. four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely belongs in her top four. Bennett is the outlier here. I should change my rankings. I, I will <laughs> I will submit a new one. I'm so sorry. You've convinced me. Hey, that's all right. We we will forgive you to our listeners. Uh, to some of us, I think, I'm sorry we ranked Folklore or uh, Fearless so low. I think it's uh it's one of those albums you really, probably most of us are familiar with. No apologies. I probably brought it all down. I think I, it, I think I ranked Fearless 5. <laughs> so, really? You're not alone. Oh my God. Yeah, not alone. Not alone. <laughs> it's okay. Well, uh, do we have any other any other thoughts on the album in general? Classic album. No, yeah. just 4 is shameful. <laughs> yeah. Steven says 4 is shameful. I mean, I, I don't know. I was kind of back and forth having it at my one. I, I, we'll yeah. get to. But like the fact one. that it was 4, like. It's still a great Yeah. And I still hold by my statement from the start. I honestly think she hasn't put out a horrible yeah. album. I think all of them, there's something yeah. on them for everybody. You enjoy it. Especially some of the later albums, even though they're not as good in some ways. Uh, you know, the production is so good, you kind of can't avoid it. So, anyways, we're going to press on. We're going to go to our top three taylor swift albums the upper now. echelon of yeah. taylor swift albums yep the upper echelon we finally made it to our top three big deal uh folklore 100 yeah yeah is that our guess mm-hmm. yeah okay well i'm gonna reveal now our number three taylor swift album our collective ranking is folklore mm. indeed uh, I'm going to give everybody's ranking so you can hear what we thought about it. I, Sam, I ranked it 
number three. So this fits right into my formula. I actually think my rankings are pretty much on point with the general. Sam agreement. actually just put his rankings there. Yeah, in place so. <laughs> yeah. I've been wondering that for, for several. That this later. is the collective ranking. Uh, spoiler alert: When you listen through to this, all my rankings are what the rankings are. That, that's actually. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually. What I'm it the is, podcast but, owner. Uh, what I say goes. It's like it's your podcast. Actually, I think that's pretty close. Okay, okay. We move on. Move Anyways, on. Right, uh, so, so <laughs> Maddie ranked folklore as number five. Andrew. Forever the vehement national fan ranked at number two. Steven ranked at number three. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll take you guys listening to guess who the outlier is. Once again, <laughs> we have <laughs> with the most ridiculous the claim <laughs> at number eight. What? <laughs> You're not invited back. Yeah. Hey, I'm like the evil WWE <laughs> guy entering the ring. Yeah, Everyone's booing him. Boo, boo. Like I'm like, oh, come off on, Maddie, guys. I'm Bennett. Going up against the Rock. <laughs> all right, we're sorry for the chaos and listening to all this, the, number, the five different voices that are speaking at the same time. But yes, Bennett has ranked Folklore as his number eight so pick. <laughs> Which is ridiculous compared to the rest of us. Adam ranked it as two. So, again, the rankings are two, 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 three, five, and then Bennett with eight. I have a suggestion. Can we go from Can we go from me and then to whoever did five and then that way? So Yeah, yeah, we can do that. I just want to get it out of the way. I just want to say the, uh, the yeah. overall ranking, the score was 23 for anyone listening mm-hmm. along. Bennett, go ahead and defend yourself at number eight. Yeah, well... I, I just want to say, <laughs> as the villain of the series, um, I think that it would be interesting to see without my rankings what you guys all said. Because again, I just, I don't know. Th- this was the first time I listened to the album. And we were talking off mic earlier that, you know, a few of us, when we did listen to it, I won't name names, uh, they did say, you know, okay, if I just did it from that first take, it would be not where I put it, a little less. And so I do think I do need to give this more attention. Um, And just uh, the whole time we were looking through the first four in part one of this, I was thinking, okay, these guys make great points about these albums. You know, we're ranking them low because they don't have super popular songs or, you know, with that point in particular, I never really heard one of these songs. Okay, maybe one or two, but not more than that and thought, yeah, this is going to be as big as what we saw in Fearless or Red or 1989 or even, you know, one of the others. So that's something that kind of really swayed my judgment. Um, And it's just sad songs are sad, you know, and slow. And you talk about, you know, she's not really bouncing around in some of the other albums. That's why I'm ranking it low. Well, I see that here as well. And she, it it seems like they do flow together, um, but don't really change. And that could be a good thing, but, you know, just for reasons like that that's why i did it and again i am super open-minded and i will be listening to this one again because i do think there is something there uh but again it was it was very close and this one just and not because we've shamed you at this all. one happened to be at the bottom <laughs> I, and and you know i i'm happy to listen to what you guys think. okay so just just a few things about folklore it was put out this year 2020 um taylor swift is 30 now it's it's uh, gotten pretty good critical reviews. Sorry, Bennett. 
Uh, but one of the things that makes this album unique is that it is largely produced by Aaron Desner, who's the guitarist, I believe, for The National. Mm-hmm. And um, it's in the middle of coronavirus. From my understanding, she wrote most of the songs during the coronavirus, and it was just a bit of a time of seclusion. And and she came out with it. I will agree with Bennett that I do think that folklore does not have radio hits on it. That's one of the things that separates it. There's not a song necessarily. I mean, you, you, we can argue this, and I think mm-hmm. there's obviously some songs that we all very much enjoy. There's not a song that particularly sticks out as a radio hit. Um, and so that is true. But uh, I think some of us probably appreciate the more... Depression, depressing, melodramatic. Cough, cough, me. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> right, yeah. looking at you as we speak. <laughs> songs on this album. Uh, what Moody are some other depressed. thoughts since uh, the dissenter here? Bennett has given his opinions, and I think they're valued. They're 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 heard and they're valued. So I ranked for folklore as five, and I there are a lot of good songs. I really like August. I like Betty. But I just think most of the songs are just average. Mm. And I also have a problem with folklore in that, I'm sorry, Adam, in that <laughs> I feel like she's trying out this like folky sound, like she's got Bon Iver in a song. Mm. I feel like she's trying out that sound, but her lyrics don't fit in with that sound. Mm-hmm. Like I still feel like her lyrics, you could put any of those lyrics into a lover sounding song and it would fit there too. Like I just don't feel like there's anything and I might prove me wrong. I mean, I and I like a lot of the songs, but I just feel like a lot of the lyrics are still like poppy and cheesy, but she's trying it in this like folky sound. I, I agree. But I, I and I like yeah. the album as a whole, but just because of that, I ranked it as five. I don't entirely disagree with you, but um yeah. I mean I was just gonna say, yeah, I think she's trying to do this folk Americana kind of vibe and she's dropping like f-bombs in the middle of her songs and so it's a little bit strange because there's like these pop like triplets and pop sounding lyrics but she's trying to be this stripped back taylor and so it doesn't entirely fit but that was my first impression and the more i listened to this album the more i fell in love with it and the more i thought aaron desner's samples of his uh different instrumentals and the more i thought uh I listen to the songs and I listen to the lyrics and I listen to there's a bit of there's a bit of, you know, depression, but there's also a bit of she's been, you know, dating this guy Joe for three years now. And there's some really beautiful love songs that I think are in this song. And I think it's her most vulnerable and especially post lover, where she is yeah. again, as we talked, our least favorite album, Lover, which is the most political album and probably the least personal. This one feels like perhaps her most personal album in some ways. She is speaking not, and she does write about other characters, and one of the things that Taylor Swift does so well is that she uh, writes songs that are descriptive enough to be applicable to everyone and yet ambiguous enough to not exclude anyone. And I think uh, while she does write about other characters in this album, I do feel like it's a very personal, very intimate album. And uh, first listen, did not like it at all. Second, third, fourth, fifth listen. Fell in love with the album, and I really think it's worth giving it a, a second listen. Oh. What else do we think, guys? Oh, I, I remember 
I mean, because it only came out like a, what, a month ago? Yeah. Uh, this is new. This is a new album. We haven't had time to sit was, on it. It was really interesting listening to it because, like, by like, yeah, you know, song three or four, you're like, was that about Carly Kloss? Was that about Carly Kloss? Was that? And, and then <laughs> you like go online, like, okay, there's uh, maybe something here to all that. So I thought, like, just having like that kind of framework to listen to it was interesting. Um, I put it out as a three, but it's more of like a soft three for me. Yeah. Uh, you could slide something else in there. Um, Third ranking, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a well crafted album. It's more probably in line with the kind of the music I listen to. So that that's probably why it ranks a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, there's certainly no songs that are like really gonna like probably stand out. Um, as as singles, I mean, there's certainly Exile I really liked, and in August, but I think as, as a whole, it's just kind of a really well uh, crafted and coherent album. Yeah, I I um, Sam, I'm definitely with you on like I, and and Maddie, I would say I agree with you too that the on first listen, I my first um thoughts were you know this is very much uh um this is very much i'm zooming into the photoshop of uh us as taylor swift and so sorry for the chuckles andrew continue this is uh it's very much like taylor's lyrics with somebody else's music is what it felt like um on first listen um and i i'm a, a big national fan so i i very much like dig the vibe that's going on sonically with this album um i i love the the piano um instrumentals on a lot of these songs um they're very um like symbolic of uh of national songs it sounds a lot like a national record to me um you can you can definitely hear the um justin vernon influence as well on on um uh the song peace and obviously he sings in exile um so that's that's very clear like they collaborated on that one but he, he collaborated on a couple songs with her on this album and uh you can you can kind of hear notes of his songwriting influence um but uh and i think uh more importantly one of the reasons why i ranked this album so high is, is just because i like the general like sonic sound of this album because mm-hmm. it's it's a lot like what I enjoy to listen, enjoy listening to, just in general on my own. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a Taylor Swift fan, like a huge Taylor Swift fan. Um, I def- definitely my like having done the the research and the listening um, for this podcast, like my respect for her has grown immensely, um, and I'm definitely going to like be listening to a lot more of her work outside of the like two to three albums that I used to listen exclusively to but um i definitely think that i i like this album as much as i do because of aaron desner's influence on it mm-hmm. um, so yeah and, and i agree i think folklore is well for me personally folklore and red which we haven't gotten to yet are probably two of my most natural inclinations as far as what i listen to if I were seeking out, a, you know, a sound, a sonic yeah. idea, and so that's part of what appeals to me. I think. I think also that, um, and I, I don't really. I, I need to go back and listen through some of the lyrics as well. But I feel like her lyrics are like the most honest in this album, um, that I've listened to so far. Um, 
at least like straightforward about honest to herself about her own like emotions and life experiences. Yeah. Um, I feel like on some of Taylor Swift's and maybe this is a controversial statement, but uh, on some of her previous albums and you, Andrew, you and I have talked about this. um, uh, She is blaming everybody else for some of her problems. And I feel like a little bit on this album, she's kind of like, you know what? I'm, it's very broken too. I'm, yeah. I've got issues too. It's and, very introspective. Yeah. yeah, and the vulnerability I actually like. I, I think that's actually a, a plus for her and the yeah, humility. Yeah. And so I think uh, I think that's one of the benefits of that folklore has. Uh, what else do we think, people? Another thing I like about folklore is I feel like, and I I think I said this before about another album, but just one of her biggest strengths is just her storytelling in her songwriting. And I think she obviously does that really well in folklore too. And it, obviously her sound has changed from the beginning. Um, but that's one thing that has kind of stayed the same the whole time is just her ability to do that in her songs. Yeah. Adam? Yes. Um, so I kind of disagree with you on like the language thing. I think uh, when you look at this album, you look at it like you would look at artists say the national noah gunderson sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah uh mumford and sons where like the cursing and stuff almost adds to it in a way um but i feel like her lyrics are still poppy in a way that those artists are not yeah, well I, I would agree with that in a sense but i would also say the biggest difference in this album and like what i really hear to it is i feel like her Lyrics and other albums were more of a narration, whereas the this yeah. album is an illustration. Does that make sense? So like narration is like telling the story word for word. Mm-hmm. Illustration is more of like a construct and letting you she explores a lot of metaphor. Yeah, a lot more a metaphor person, in this album. Yeah, almost like put your image to the lyrics. So like my one of my favorite songs on this is Seven. Seven, you know the 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 verse is. Okay, please can we pause for just a second? Yeah, Maddie and Adam. I hate that song. Maddie, Maddie and Adam are diametrically. Maddie and Adam are diametrically opposed this whole time. (laughs) I I mean, I don't. uh, Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, but (laughs) well, okay. So I don't mean to get like super serious with this, but I do think like it is an experience in life, and so for me, I think Seven really hits on the nostalgia of life and i think nostalgia for me is almost as a comfort um like like brings comfort to me so in and say her illustration of what nostalgia is is it's childhood childhood still has some almost melancholy effects to it so like her friend has been abused by the friend's father and so she adds that to the illustration of the song but there's still some innocence in the song. And I think that like kind of adds up to what the song means to me. So like in the verse, she talks about like being super free, flying above the trees, being seven feet above Pennsylvania. But then she adds the realism of, yeah, like she hides in the closet because her father is abusing her type of type of thing. And so I think like the depthness of that song actually adds to the emotional like just pull that it has to it of like innocence, but also this heaviness. And so I think that's something that like a lot of people might overlook, but I think that's something that like actually has an effect to me that makes it one of my favorite songs because I think, and that's why I think I like 
folklore so much is the lyricism actually goes with the melodies. Whereas this, some of the other albums, like the melodies might be super catchy, but the lyricism I can't relate to as much. But I think like the lyricism of like, yeah, I'm an adult now. Like stuff sucks. Like even yeah. looking back into my childhood, she's, stuff sucks. She's graduated yeah. out of the innocence. Of yeah, years, I've graduated out of the innocence. But like, I can sit with that. And like, like you said, it's almost like Lover might have been manic and Folklore was depressive. Maybe I sit with depressive better, but like depressive or like this, just like, yeah, there is some sadness even in this nostalgic look, like has a great effect on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's the reason I think I like Seven so much. Steven, Bennett, broad thoughts on uh, on Folklore before we get into our favorite songs and least favorite? No, I mean, I think, you know, to Maddie's point about the, the storytelling, I think this one really just... I guess because she's not going anywhere and doesn't have, you know, a lot of personal experiences to, to base songs off of. She can kind of let that part of her creative mind loose. And so, you know, I think this album really is kind of like a, it's similar to Speak Now in the sense that it feels very kind of authentic in terms of just like really like a, a something that she did. Like yeah. her, it really has her, her fingerprints all over it. Yeah. I also think like, this album for this season of life that everyone is in with like coronavirus shutting everything down i think like it's something that like we needed as a culture and like a people yeah i gotta figure she's reflecting on her time on her life and the coronavirus where you're not able to see people you're not able to do the things you would normally do and this is kind of a time for her to sit and I use this word a lot, but to ruminate on on what's going on and to be reflective, and I think that's one of the powerful things of this album. Bennett, what, what were you gonna say? You I was just gonna say, yeah, I agree. And you guys made some <clears throat> really good points on um, just all of that—the attention to the lyrics and you know life events that she kind of portrays. Um, and so it's encouraging hearing too that you got you know first to listen, you know, didn't really see it for what you'd see it now. Um, and so that's encouraging. I do think that when I listen to it again, I will really enjoy it. Um, and I did really like the Bon Iver, um, you know, song and just a lot of uh, some elements that she did have in there as well. Um, I will give her credit there for sure. Those stood out to me. Um, so yeah. Sure. Um, well, I do want to continue and just briefly, if we could just say our favorite and our least favorite, uh, I'll, I'll speak First, um, my favorite was Betty, which kind of feels like a classic Taylor Swift song. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And with the harmonica. Uh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, the harmonica right at the intro. I wrote that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I also liked my, my first listen. I really liked Invisible String. That was probably my first, mm-hmm. my, my most favorite. Illicit Affairs I liked as well. Um, I liked... The one, it's a great intro to the album. I mean, it's not like necessarily, as Maddie said, a banger. Adam seems to disagree with me, but uh, I've enjoyed it. I actually want to disagree a little bit with some of you all here. I think Bonnie Vera's song, Exile, I do I think it's a bad song? Eh. Do I think it fits within the album? No, not at all. I think this is this is my hot take of the whole podcast. <laughs> I think it sounds like a Bonnie Vare song. It's mostly led by Bonnie Vare. I think uh, 
it's a mediocre Bon Iver song. If you if you had it on a Bon Iver album, it would fit somewhere in the middle of the album. It would not be the hit of the album. And I think so many people have picked it up because they know who he is, they follow him as an artist, and they think, okay, Taylor Swift, Bon Iver together, this is it. So my hot take is not the best song of the album. I mean, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I gave Betty, just for context, a 9.5 out of 10. Um, so I don't think it's a bad song. I think it's a fine song. I enjoy it, but I'm kind of tired of people saying, oh, this is the song of the album. And it's because they're the people that listen to Bonnie Vare and they don't listen to, to Taylor Swift. They haven't listened to the album. And so <laughs> give the whole thing a listen. It does not fit at all in the album. Um, it's a fine song. It's okay. But it's it's a middle of the road Bonnie Vare song. Not more than that. Uh, who else has some opinions? Favorite, least favorite song? Let's go quickly so okay. that we don't take too I'll much time. I'll go ahead and give my favorite, least favorite, and underappreciated. I think my favorite, like I mentioned earlier, was Seven and Invisible String. That's a really good song as well. I think my underappreciated song was Betty. And then I think my least favorite song was actually The One. Because in the intro, I really think it's going to be the song Brother by The Brilliant. And then it's not, and it kind of, yeah. I don't know, it kind of disappoints me in a way. But I think <laughs> like the intro does not match up to what the song could. Be. I really liked Betty. Um, that I think that's hands down my favorite song on the album. Um, I liked Cardigan as well, and I actually liked the one, um, bec- primarily because of the piano intro. Um, a couple of honorable mentions for me were Mirrorball. Which Sam, I know you and I have talked. And you don't like Mirrorball that much. I actually like but, it more than I've listened to yeah, it now. Okay. But it's it's such it, a happy song. It's got this like underwater scenescape like feel to it. Like it just feels like there's this sort of shimmering underwater like panorama going on when I listen to that song. And I liked Mad Woman a lot. Um, that's another honorable mention. Uh, worst songs for me are the Exile. Exile. That's the Bonnie Vare collaboration. And seven I actually did not like seven. I feel like on the album, it kind of sounds like Sufjan Stevens a little bit to me. Um, but I feel like that one is the most on the album. Sounds the most like Taylor Swift's trying to be something that she's not musically. So those are my hot takes for this album. Steven thoughts. Favorites would probably be um, actually Exile because I guess I'm not a fan of Bears. Like somebody else. And, uh, <laughs> okay, pause, pause. Somebody. How much Bonnie Vare have you actually listened to, though? Have you listened to his Not albums? as much as you. Exactly. So that... you need to actually spend some time with Bonnie Vare, come back, we'll talk. Sorry, hot take. Snob. There we go. <laughs> and then uh, I also like The Last Great American Dynasty because I, I just think it's an interesting, interesting song because I feel like it's a kind of a role that she wants to like see herself in. And I mean, she dated a Kennedy, so... Oh yeah, and she moved next. To yeah, she too. did date a Kennedy. She was a good number of years younger than her. She bought a and, house next um, to him and moved in there. Yeah, and then for ones I didn't like, I, you know, I really just don't focus on songs I don't like because I just pass over them. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, there's none that I like distinct that jump out to me as like ones I really dislike, but probably yeah. like, I guess Seven or Mad Woman or something. Yeah, my, my least favorite was Epiphany. I didn't mention that. Again, most of my least favorites are just those songs that nobody remembers. Nobody has any recollection of what it's about, what the melody was. And that's why, because it's so forgettable. So, 
Anyways, Bennett, uh, give us your yeah. your favorite and your least favorite. Yeah, Betty again, of course, stood out. Um, Cardigan, Last American Dynasty, you know, mixed. Uh, you know, had parts that stood out. And um, uh, Exile, you know, okay, it was okay. I'm glad Steven did say that because I thought thought I'd be the only one. But I, it's not that I liked it. Uh, you know, more than half of the songs, but it did just stand out to me, kind of like a life raft in a in an album that I couldn't really find an identity with, I did have some sort of connection to Bon Iver, Ben Howard, a bunch of those um, folks back in high school. But I again, I feel to. like it's it's an outlier in the album. Whether whether it is or not is fine. It's yeah. just a song that I prefer. If 15 was an outlier and Fearless, it would still be my favorite song that she's done. So that that one did stand out to me. And again, was something I can cling to an album. In an album, I just felt lost in. Just because I could connect to that style from a nostalgia standpoint because um, I did listen to him and a bunch of other similar artists. Uh, my favorite on this album is definitely August. Um, my least favorite right now is Seven, and I'll tell you why. I just can't stand that when she starts singing and she's singing so high and it just makes my ears hurt and I just don't enjoy it. But <laughs> to be fair, I don't know if I've given it a fair listen I will listen again. Maybe I'll take it off my least favorite list and put Exile in instead, and I'll give Seven another chance. See, I think you, with Adam? with context, Adam gave us some context about yeah. what was going on, and I think that helps to aid the song and its meaning. And so, Which, yeah. Again, I would like to add. I think like where you're going, like what you're facing in life, will kind of show you like what your favorite songs and what your least favorite songs are. Like. For example, for me, like Seven is one of my favorite songs. I also like Epiphany because of the meaning behind that. Um, but again, I think it's because like, you know, everyone's going to have their different, their different like favorite songs because of where you are at, in life, what you're experiencing. And I think Taylor Swift has, has she has shown a very broad experience. So she's going to sing about a lot of things which some people will be able to relate to and some people will not be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I think uh I think most of us agree Folklore is a pretty great album. I think I think uh one of her better albums and uh you know, worth a listen if you haven't listened. Go give it a listen really. It's it's uh and I think the more the more times you listen to it, the more you'll you'll enjoy it. I think you'll you'll pick up on things that you you like. Um any other broad thoughts on, on Folklore before we go any further? Cool. Okay, well, now we are into our top two Taylor Swift albums, and these are albums that we all love so dearly that we think very highly of, and uh, I think we're excited to speak about Steven gave a little smirk. I don't know if he disagrees or whatnot, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so our number two album is... Red. There we go. I want to give you. Right. <laughs> Stephen has. You heard that thud that was Stephen's yeah, head hitting. Stephen has put his head back. In Apparently, he disagrees. All right, Stephen. What does Stephen no, do? You take it away. Uh, well, no. Okay. Uh, let's so let's, let's give it. a quick idea of ranking. Stephen actually gave it a one. So Stephen thinks it should be the best, and I I actually agree with that. I gave it a one as well. Maddie gave it a one as well. Andrew gave it a three. 
Bennett, not the outlier this time. Congratulations, Feels Bennett. Feels nice. Thank you for welcoming me back. You me. are within the club once again. Bennett gave it a two. And then our outlier was Adam. I want Adam to give uh, his explanation as to yes, why he didn't rank it highly. The and, uh, and then the rest oh, of us can explain why we think it is possibly Taylor Swift's best album. All right. So Adam, you go. Me, you want me to go? Yeah, I want to hear right, what you think. You're on the shame stool. So <laughs> I gave it a five. And so my reasoning behind it, and this is what I said, is I said this album has some of her best work on it, but it also has some pretty average forgettable stuff on there as well. The good outweighs the forgettable and all too well belongs in an art museum for the masterpiece that it is. But there are still some songs that I think are very forgettable in kind of Taylor Swift's entire discography. And so I think from her song number two, Red, until number eight, We Are Never Getting Back Together. That is a freaking masterpiece. If she had made the entire album like that, I would give it uh, probably number one, 100%. But then I think the last, probably uh, like 10 through number 16, um, like they're... They're all right songs, but like they are very like forgettable songs that before I listened to it again, I was like, oh, she wrote those songs like those are actual things um, like uh, Holy Ground. All right. Sad, beautiful, tragic. Shame. Right, like, Holy Ground is one of my all time favorites. Everything has changed. I mean, I don't really like Ed Sheeran that much, but like he did an all right song with that. I just think there are so many like uh, so average songs mixed in with freaking masterpieces that I can't actually give it a, a, a great score. I can't give it a number one like you y'all were saying. So I mean, uh if if everything was like all too well, which is my favorite Taylor Swift song ever, yeah, one hundred percent. But I also think there are so many songs like Stay Stay Stay, which is such a toxic thing, like, oh we had we had a fight, but you're you're hot, so stay. <laughs> Um, I just, <laughs> I just think Adam's well, take, spark notes for Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I mean, like we had a disagreement. Maybe we should break up, which I'm assuming they probably eventually did break up because it's Taylor Swift. But she's like, you're hot. So stay, stay, stay. You know, I, I just don't think I mean, it's, 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 it's still a good album. Don't get me wrong. Okay, I, I want to. Uh, I love Steven. seeing Adam on the hot seat and not me for once. Yes, <laughs> six Bennett, albums. Not on the hot seat. You're entitled I, I, to be wrong, Adam. I, I want to hear Steven's rebuttal <laughs> Great here. I want to hear what you think about Red. Why you think it should be the number one Taylor Swift album? And uh, just give your defense here a little bit, because I think most of us there's agree with you. But oh yeah, it's it's right. <laughs> yeah. So there's no. It's it's fact. We're just reciting facts here. No other album hits quite as high. Taylor Swift canon. Yeah. I mean, and what I will say though is, like years ago when I ranked it, initially I had Fearless first and Red second, and I, I can be swayed either way. But when we were going back through and I was listening to all these, like I was just really struck by, yeah, just kind of like the, the kind of the how high it kind of peaks at. Um, I mean, State of Grace, fantastic song. And I mean, you just start from there, and then you got Red, great, Treacherous, great. You know, I knew you were trouble, mm. all too well. Twenty two. I mean. We are never ever getting back together. Those are all songs that like, and in a similar mode to Fearless, like when you, oh, I don't know when you think of Taylor Swift, like those are the types of songs 
that everybody kind of knows that have kind of like seeped into the the general um, consciousness. I really like Stay Stay Stay. Um, I like it too. Toxic and it's it's not toxic. <laughs> and you're toxic, Adam. Begin Again, I think is really like <laughs> your mom's toxic. I really like Begin Again at the end. Just I do too. I, I, I think have it's you seen such the... a great way to end. Have you seen the music video? I think that's I no. think that's a nice music video yeah. as well, and it's just well written. I feel like Red is Taylor Swift after her first three albums, where she's still young, she's still a little bit immature, she's still I don't know petty if if that's the best word to use, but I feel like she hits a stride of maturity here, and this is just such a great album. All too well is one of the greatest Taylor Swift songs of all time most people rank it as a your top boys a- agree and, and adam agrees the best song and adam agrees in the taylor swift discography. I, I do want to say briefly um this is the first album where nathan chapman does not uh produce the entire album in fact you'll notice uh, also most, hey I'd, can i shout real quick rustin kelly great cover all, all right i will agree with you on that one might <laughs> honestly be just as good as the original yeah some agreement wow. Um, but the production is, so you'll notice like the songs like, uh, 22 and we are never getting back together. And some of those more poppy songs that you'll notice cause, cause, Trouble. cause red has kind mm. of almost the Americana, the Americana. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the Americana ballads slash country vibe. And then it's also got the pure pop songs. The pure pop songs are again, those uh, Swedish guys. Shelman and Martin, and then kind of those uh, country Americana songs. She goes more into Americana, I feel like, here than uh, her previous three albums are by are produced by Nathan Chapman again. So I thought that was interesting. Maddie, what do you think? I, well, I want to cover um, go over the second half of the album because y'all are just talking about the first half of the album. And I actually think the second half of the album also has some bangers. I probably stand alone and I say that I really like The Last Time. And I accept that. I, I know like that's that a super too. popular one, but I think it's great. I think Holy Ground is incredible. I like Holy Ground because it's, I mean, obviously classic Taylor Swift is about a relationship, but it's not all about the breakup. Like she has like one sign about one line about the breakup and then she like moves on. Um, I think everything has changed is great. And again, begin again is great. Like I disagree. I think it's pretty solid all the way through. I think there's definitely some in there that are more forgettable. Like for me, Sad, Beautiful, Tragic is more forgettable. I don't think that Starlight is that great. Um, but I think pretty it's pretty solid all the way through as far as um, the first half and the second half. I think you have some, some bangers in, in both of those. I mean, I love Holy Ground, and that's kind of second half, though. Might be an unpopular opinion, but... <laughs> Bennett, I love Adam. it. Uh, I wrote down uh, this is the first big concert feel of an album. Album, you know, goodbye cowboy boots, hello, <laughs> whatever hat that is on the cover, and straight hair and the black jeans and the red lipstick. This is Taylor when I think of Taylor. Um, so I did put this at number two, but it would honestly tie for peak Taylor Swift with 1989 in this. Um, I mean, really, you just see her breaking her shell over and over. It really experimenting with sounds that are outside of her, of probably her initial comfort with her other albums. But she just hits it in stride. Um, can really tell the production was done very well. You see guitar solos um, that you really didn't see before, um, bringing voice down. So it's just 
you know, not shrill like we've mentioned. Um, still keeps it kind of technically country-esque because she did win uh, many country awards with this album. But when you listen to it first time, you're like, okay, maybe there's a little mandolin, but, you know, you know it's a gray area. But, you know, bring in the ahs and the oohs and the sharpening the background vocals. I just loved everything about this album. And again, I straight up listened from beginning to end in the order, and it was just a breath of fresh air when I listened to this one. It got my number two. Um, and I'm very happy to be, air quotes, right in my rankings for once. But this this was really good. Um, I yeah, red is up there. Well done. Yeah, I I think this album is like probably one of the most iconic albums for her, just in the sense that it like this was like this is the this album is the moment Taylor Swift is like becoming Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like becoming an adult. She's stepping out of like the adolescent years those first three albums that are all like you know solid albums but but they're particularly one genre um and this is her first kind of like foray into i'm like my own artist i can kind of do whatever i want you know Mm -hmm. um so i i you know i it's hard to say that there's a bad song in the album um Probably the most iconic for me is 22. Um, as, I, as I said earlier, um, that's like the song I associate with Taylor Swift. Um, I really liked, I also, Maddie, I really liked Everything Has Changed. I liked both of the duet songs that she did. Um, Everything Has Changed in the Last Time. But I just really liked that Ed Sheeran song. Something about the simplicity with the acoustic guitar at the beginning and um, just a solid song all the way through. Um, I, I, do, I, I am going to jump on the bandwagon that hates stay 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 um <laughs> just because i don't know it's actually i do know it's stay it's, stay stay it's the same four chord progression and it drives me insane oh, man, it hates the music it pays the bills <laughs> it's just like no yeah. do not do that yeah. <laughs> i mean i will say that stay 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 sounds like it belongs in one of the stay, previous three stay, albums stay. yeah and, and the point. way that it's yeah it's less mature than the rest of the album. Also, can I give a disclaimer of me ranking it number five doesn't mean that I don't like the album. Right. Like I think it's a like a fantastic album. But in and, and honestly, it's probably for me like tied between that and Speak Now. I think artistically Red is better, but for me, Speak Now has the nostalgic aspect to it, and so they kind of even each other out. Um, but Stay, stay, stay. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say the same thing about I ranked Fearless five, but I mm-hmm. Sam, Sam knows. I was texting him when I was listening to him. I was like, this, this album slaps. Yeah, there, <laughs> this so album's many, really good. There's so many aspects that like come into you ranking an album. Yeah, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. just like artistic or nostalgic or whatever. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, yeah. we all enjoy most of Taylor Swift's albums, yeah. and so it's, it's when we rank it five. That's not a we actually like it. if so anything it's a compliment banger. because a she's got so yeah. much great yeah, also work. i think one of the most underappreciated songs is i almost do i think that's a really good song it's a good song it's yeah. actually like like pretty close not lyrically to all too well but like in melody and kind of just genre as well like all too well is or um I almost do is a pretty good song as well, and that's what I put as my uh, most underappreciated song. Mm. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk briefly again about um, our favorite songs. Mine is "Holy Ground," which Adam dissed. I think the uh, the guitar part is phenomenal. I I 
I honestly want to dance or sing it out loud every time I listen to it. <laughs> uh, I mean, of course, All Too Well is probably the most frequently mentioned. Y'all best. watch her Grammy performance of All Too Well. It's, it's good. Yeah. I think it's the most frequently mentioned best Taylor Swift song. Most Swifties list it on their favorites. And then um, I, again, disagree with Adam a little bit. I think everything has changed. Uh, I really like the Ed Sheeran edition and duo, and so I, I enjoy that. My least favorite, and here's my hot take for this album, is Starlight, which uh, sounds like the 303 song, Don't Trust Me. Maddie's shaking her head, it's but it does. It does. Go yeah, listen to it if you a, have the chance. It's like an eh. It does sound like that. So if you listen to 303, it sounds like it, and you can Google it. Starlight sounds like blank, and it will pull up the 303 song. So I did not just think that on my own. A lot of people other thought that as well. Same as the poster. So that's a. I give that a 4.5. I gave Holy Ground a 9.5. I gave um, All Too Well a 9.5, and Everything Has Changed a 9. That's my favorite. So, anyways. Favorite, least favorite songs, guys? This was tough for me because I like most of the songs on this album. But just for the sake of making a decision and the fact that it opens the album so well, I'm going to go State of Grace as a favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do Least as 22 just because I think it's overplayed. I just think it's overplayed. And 22 and I Knew You Were Trouble are not my favorites on this album. Adam is having a seizure yeah, on the side. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got. Jeez, that is a hot take. I think that my favorites, <laughs> my favorites were uh, one that we actually haven't mentioned the last time. I I don't know that one really struck a chord with me. Maddie really likes that one. I like that okay, one good. Too. I'm glad I'm not alone. Um, I did like uh, 22. I did like um, all too well as well. The one I didn't, I mean, some that didn't come, you know, stand out or come back, be here and things like that. I just begin again, you know, just didn't really stand out to me, but those are my favorites. Steven, give it to us. Uh, I mean, besides All Too Well, I would say State of Grace, Great, Treacherous, and Treacherous, I, Great. And I really like Begin Again, actually. Just, I, I do think, too. I like all this. earlier, it's a great. Loser. Uh, I like 22, so you're wrong. 22 <laughs> is the best song on the album. Um, and I really liked Everything Has Changed. I did not like Stay, Stay, Stay or The Lucky One. Oh, yeah. I kind of agree with Andrew. My favorites were All Too Well. I think Underappreciated was I Almost Do. I also think 22 is a really good um, song. I mean, it might be more in the pop genre, but as far as pop, songs go it's one of the best i think stay 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 is kind of boring and also it sounds like a toxic relationship like so that's what i stayed cool well i think that is it for us and red uh number two in our overall rankings which of course if you've been listening and been paying attention you know what is number one and that leaves only one album left the album from 2014, which Taylor Swift was 24 at the time when she put it out, which is the album 1989. Woo! I want to give us the rankings each person gave 
I, Sam, I gave it two, number two. Maddie gave it number three. Andrew ranked it as his number one. Uh, Steven, the slight outlier on this one, ranked it number four. Bennett ranked it number one. Yes. And Adam ranked it number one. Uh, the overall ranking or the o- overall score tally was 12 points. Uh, Steven, you gave it the, the least point, so just give it us give us a quick reason why you ranked it four. Compared I just to think else. if you go off the metric of like when you think of Taylor Swift songs, like how many on here would you would you know for myself? It's like how many do I rank highly, and how many do I like, do I really think of? I'm you know blank space certainly, um, shake it off, bad blood. Um, but none of those really, you know, rank as high as, you know, some of the ones we find on Fearless or the ones that we find on Red. You know, I think Folklore is just a really well-crafted album. Um, and so it's, it's, I mean, it's good. It's just, it feels weaker to me. Sure. Who wants to, uh, fire back? I feel like Adam's waiting in the wings. Yeah, I mean, I, so here's the thing. It's kind of ironic because I think 1989 is the best album, but I'm not like super sure to fire back at him. Like I think um, for I'll me, I'll fire back. <laughs> well, so for me, like I think like if you hold up like the music industry standards, and I put like lyrics, melodies, overall recording quality, and I think I think 1989 is like the objectively best album. And maybe it's not my favorite album, but I actually think it is the best album from her. And so I look down the songs. Really, my least favorite song is Welcome to New York. And I think that might be the worst song on the album. It's the very first one. And then after that, I mean, I see I don't see a bunch of Billboard top 10 musics, like music uh, pieces, but I, I see a bunch of really, really good quality music pieces that she puts out um and so looking at it and i also think there's a ton of underrated songs on this album i don't see how you could rate it any farther below maybe her like number two or three album and i put it at number one because there's a couple of those underrated songs that i think people don't think about that are really good like clean which clean, great imogen, so imogen heap co-wrote it she also featured in it I think it really shows. I'm a huge Image and Heap fan. Um, it really, really shows. I think I know Places also very, very good song. Yeah. I think there's so many underrated songs in this album that people don't even think of, but once they start listening to, they're like, "Oh, that's actually a really good song." That I think this like bumps her up. This bumps it up to the number one album. Yeah, I, I mean, I I listened through this album to try and find like a song that I didn't like, like the worst song. And I was like, I, I just like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably agree. Welcome to New York is probably the weakest. I don't know. I, I like originally put, I know places is the weakest, but it's like, I don't dislike the songs. Mm-hmm. I think there are a couple songs that, that start off. Um, and you think, maybe it's not going somewhere and then it just like the hook like kicks in mm-hmm. and it just it grabs you and keeps you for the rest of the song 
Um, I feel like there are a lot of homages to um, some really great iconic artists in this album. Um, like uh, style, there's this one instrumental part. I think it's a guitar part that sounds almost exactly like Daft Punk's aerodynamic. Um, and just made me think like the first thing I thought of when I heard that was that sounds like Daft Punk, you know, um, out of the woods, the verses, she sounds like Madonna. Um, I, yeah, I mean, there's some like very iconic, um, parts in the course there that just, you can tell that, um, uh, the guy from bleachers produced this <laughs> album. It just sounds like a lot like there are a lot of like similar sounds to, the Bleachers debut album as well. I also um, think when so. your girl Taylor Swift features my boy Kendrick Lamar on Bad Blood, <laughs> I got to hand her props. I could not disagree more. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. I had no Lamar idea which way ever. Was going. I think it's horrible. I think so many people <laughs> think it's so good. And I think Kendrick Lamar should have stayed off the track. Yeah, so, yeah. sorry. That's all right. Yeah, uh, you you oh hear, uh, you just hear like the influence from, sorry, I forgot his name earlier but jack antonoff like you can hear that influence in this album and if you go and listen to that first album by the debut album by bleachers which is a solid album by the way that's a really good album mm-hmm. very Great. very much worth your time worth a listen um there's a lot of just like similar sonic scapes on both those albums between that one and 1989 so i so. think 1989 might actually be more similar to folklore than a lot of people think because it might not have the mega billboard 100 hits that Taylor Swift was looking for, but it has just like quality after quality mm-hmm. song. Yeah. You know, when you combine lyricism, melody, just like everything that you put together in yeah. it, song making. Okay. I hate to rain on your parade, but uh, 1989 had the most number one ranked songs of any of her albums. Most of the songs actually hit say, number Shake one. Shake It Off is like pretty because, massive hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, those, all of the songs actually made it to radio charting. I, yeah. I will agree, none of them necessarily stick out as mm-hmm. like, you know, quintessential Taylor Swift songs necessarily, mm-hmm. but they did. They were all so good generally that they that they hit yeah. that. I want to say a couple things about the album. Um, again, this is a so so. What's interesting about this album is this is a kind of a combo between her two biggest pop influences. On Red, you saw the introduction from going away from Nathan Chapman to. Uh, Martin and Shellback, and uh, and then on Reputation, you started seeing kind of a trend to Jack Antonoff from from Bleachers, and this is a combo of the two of those people, uh, which you did again get again see some on Reputation, but this was her first uh, step into that, and so it's kind of interesting. She kind of hits, in my opinion, the best stride with her pop sound between the two. She hits she she marries the two ideas and. And it's a happy album. It's enjoyable. I think um, I ranked it personally number two. But like Andrew, it's like, is there a song that's bad on 1989? Yeah. No. Yeah. Maddie might disagree with me on that. We can get to her. But uh, <laughs> there's the worst song I had was Shake It Off, which I gave a seven out of ten, which is by far the highest ranking of the worst song I had. And I think every, almost every song on the album was a hit. Almost every song was enjoyable. Is it a little cheesy? Is it a little dated? Personally, I think so. But, uh, but as far as like a pop album, I mean, 
this album played for like two years straight on radio. Everybody enjoyed it. Everybody listened to it. Everybody listened to it all the way through. Yeah. You're familiar with most of these songs. Maybe the back, you know, three or four songs you're not familiar with, but uh, you're pretty familiar with every single other song on this album. And it's and even though it's not my favorite, you can't ignore it. It it had such a big, huge influence on the world that I, I think uh, it's that's that's what it is. So yeah, I think a testament to how good an album it is too is that it like can translate genres because and this this might not be a a popular uh, suggestion, but um, if you go listen to the Ryan Adams cover album of this entire album, that is also a fantastic album, and it's just re you know re envisioned versions of these songs. So I think that's like a perfect example of just how good this album is, is that it just translates across genres. Bennett, Maddie? Maddie. Well, I want to say that I agree with Adam and that I think Queen is super underrated, Mm. so much so that I think it might be my number one for 1989. I put 1989 as Pause, 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 pause. Have you listened to any Imogen Heap? No, it's an image in heap. It is an image. You heard that Jason Derulo song, which is like, what's what's up? Does that mean that I'm wrong? What you say? That you only. All I want to say is, just like folklore, and this is my wife, and she's. Do not call your wife out on this. (laughs) Everyone's kind of. It's a great song. This is my wife, and she's getting upset at me. She's giving me evil eyes, as you can tell. Snob. But let me tell you. (laughs) He was waiting for this. I have listened to multiple image in heaps. Songs or albums. Somebody's sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> he was waiting to smack down. <laughs> All right, yeah. Can I what do you pause? And what do you think after spoken. listening extensively to the discography of Imogen? Heap? Let me just add my addendum, and then Maddie can get back. Look, I have nerded out to Imogen Heap on Reddit for freaking years. <laughs> Take that, wife. <laughs> Okay, it is a cacophony of laughs now. Uh, listen, uh, Maddie, I love you. Before I say this, I think "Clean" is the number two song on the album. I think it's a great song. I think it's excellent. I but see but what the problem but, is. but so pause, 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 pause. Okay. But in some ways, it is like exile on folklore. It doesn't fit the album. It's a it's a different song, and frankly, it belongs to another artist. I mean. If I think you Adam's listen- gonna like cold cocky right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, here's the thing, and and I think we need to listen to Imogen Heap, and we will. But she has better songs, and her albums, all of her albums, sound like this, and Maddie, it sounds like an Imogen Heap album. I think it perfectly fits into 1989, especially as the second to last song or last song that. Yeah. Okay, well, agree I to disagree. Like, we, yeah, we just need a section called like Sam's hipster takes. Like, <laughs> oh, you yeah. like that song? Have listen you to, to this entire discography. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think okay, so. Okay, 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 okay. But to, to, to remain on my soapbox. How many podcasts do you have on the topic? <laughs> to remain on my soapbox, Stephen does not listen to Bonnie Vare, and he said, oh, Exile is one of the best songs on Folklore, but has never listened to much of Bonnie Vare. So I think he needs to listen to Bonnie Vare. Maddie thinks, Snob. oh, Imogen Heap's, one of her favorite songs is 
1989, which is clean, and it's an Imogen Heap song. Both are songs by the artist. They mostly a Taylor Swift song. It is a Taylor Swift song. They sound, they're good songs. There's nothing wrong with them. But listen to the artist's discography. Put it in their place, okay. and then go from there. Anyways, I'm off my soapbox. Right, go ahead, continue, over. Maddie. I love you. So Sorry. anyway, my number one favorite <laughs> song on this album because I think it's so underrated is Clean. I think that it's a featuring great song. Imogen Heap with the backup vocals. Um, I, I just, I want to say that my least is Shake It Off. And just because I hate it when people laugh in their songs, and she does a lot of that in that song, it just bugs me. But again, I don't really think there's any, like, I think that Shake It Off is fine. Um, my only issue with 1989, um, and the reason it's number three is that I just feel like I just love Red so much. And I feel like. The lyrics in Red were just like, they were really good. I mean, her number one song, All Too Well, what is the really popular lyric about like dancing in the refrigerator light or whatever? And now we're swapping it off for like, oh, welcome to New York and living in big city and like weekend flanks. And it just feels like indifferent. Okay, well, you're comparing the top song on Red I on the am. least best song on 1990. I am but comparing it, but that's just, you know, it just feels oh, just like slightly indifferent when you're comparing it to Red. But that's my only, I mean, I think that it's great. I like all the songs. I don't really think that there's a bad song. Yeah, it's all been said. Um, I mean, this is like welcome to pop and just leave the guitar mandolin you know, in the attic and never bring it out again. She Except just for really... Except Betty on Folklore. Right, Yeah. It's, I mean, the year is 2014. She's 24, and this this is peak Taylor Swift. If not Red, it's it's tied with Red for peak for me. Just I, you know, just from listening to it, and just really well done with all the songs. And Sam and Steven did have a great point where you know, if you do say what is that question earlier of what is the quintessential Taylor Swift song, I think you would go down the line a while until you found a song from this album, at least for us that we would say maybe different for like you said. Uh, Nina, your sister, may have different answers because her first Taylor Swift song was what, you know, Speak Now or something later. But for us, it, it would take a while because we'd be all over Fearless and Red, et cetera. So um, this was my number one, and um, and I loved it. Uh, blank Space, uh, Style, uh, Wildest Dreams. I mean, just really, really good songs here. I think, too, like, when you think about the music industry you think about like the people that are so into like their indie like exclusive music then you think about the people that are just like thinking about the top billboard 100s and i think this album actually was the most successful out of all of taylor swift's albums of combining the two and that's why i think it might have been the best because i think out of everyone it had the most consensus like yeah this is a damn good album over everyone and so that's why i would probably put it as my number one um, a couple things I want to jump on with was actually I want to co-sign kind of and piggyback off of what uh, Maddie was talking about how I think this album is kind of a departure in the sense that there really you know aren't those like doesn't feel like there's as many of like that those personal like Taylor Swift kind of like breakup songs or relationship songs it's more just straight pop so it is almost kind of like a like a subtle departure before you get to reputation where she's like that's not who I am and then you know then she subsequently, you know, will eventually kind of like get back into that lane a little bit. Um, but I also just went out of curiosity and I kind of drug up Sam, our, that old Facebook post where you had yeah. your rankings. Yeah. And oh I think I've goodness. changed quite a bit. You have changed quite a bit because oh, he had, uh, 89 at one, you had 89 at one fearless at two. Yeah. 
Taylor Swift at three. Oof. Uh, Red oh at God. four, and then Speak Now. So you've changed a little bit. Jeez Louise. Um, and then Maddie had 1989 at one. I do not remember doing And this. then you had Fearless no, but at you two. Did. Red at three. Taylor Swift at four. Speak Now at five. He got the receipt. Pretty accurate to uh, Nina, for as much as we <laughs> puffed yes, up sir. her opinion of Speak Now, she had Fearless at one. Taylor Swift at two. Speak now at three. Nineteen eighty nine. She likes original and then red and then your boy Steven, uh Fearless at one. Red at two. So I just kind of yeah. as I said. Well, and I had Taylor Swift at three. And then I had nineteen eighty nine and then Speak Now. So Wow. Um, Pretty consistent. How long ago was this? And then Adam, nineteen eighty nine. And then Fearless. And then Wait. red. When was this? Yeah, when was Three this? years ago. I think we commented 2017. on Twenty seventeen. Okay. Speak now and then Taylor Swift. What was it? Uh, June tenth. Which that actually 20? is pretty uh pretty mm-hmm. accurate. I think red may have dropped some. I, I will be honest. I think maybe I put red so far down because I haven't listened to the back half of the album since twenty fifteen or whatever. So, um, I think it's it's everyone's experience. You know, when they listen to it. I think nostalgia and experience ties into yeah. what we rank it. You know? Yeah, that's the thing is that all these albums, it's basically it's what stuff. a lot of our impressions are based upon what we felt when we first listened to it, mm-hmm. and that that applies. Except for Andrew, who was never a Taylor Swift fan in the first and place. So <laughs> now I just like he sad morose music. He's been listening to it <laughs> all music. afresh for the first time. <laughs> Same here. Honestly, uh, I mean, yeah. I will say about 1989. Newbies. One thing we didn't mention was just it did feel. I I remember listening to it for the first time. I listened to it with Chris Jolly on the way to Charlotte, classic, and uh, and I remember just immediately thinking, "This is a different Taylor Swift. This is a completely committed to the pop ideal Taylor Swift." With that first intro with "Welcome to New York" and beyond. Um, uh, at the time, my favorite was Bad Blood. I just thought I love the drum beats on it. Is it a cheesy song? Yes. It's still my favorite. Yes, but it's not a great song. I'll admit to that. And I also gave Queen a very high rating, even though I crapped on Maddie's opinion of it. Imogen Heap is way better. <laughs> but I do think if you are interested in that song, go listen to Imogen Heap. Anyways, <laughs> before I get myself in too much trouble, uh, that is the all the rankings. Adam, what do you want to say? Yeah, can we just get kind of give an overview of, overview yep. of what we think of Taylor Swift as an artist? Yep, that, that's what I was going to oh, kind yeah. of get oh, to. Yeah. I think, um, again, for those of us listening, this was uh, seven hours and 42 minutes of listening to Taylor Swift. I think all of our Spotify playlists are ruined if we didn't want Taylor Swift or, or Pop Country on on them, I know Andrews <laughs> speaks about that a little bit. My, uh, my Spotify algorithm that just, is that just means you screwed. don't listen to enough Spotify. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I listen sure. to plenty of Spotify, so my algorithm is great. This is a ripple. Uh, yeah, but uh, I currently have a two thousands country music suggestion <laughs> oh, yeah. on my Spotify. So thanks a lot. <laughs> Come on, nothing wrong with that. One thing I, I love would be this bar on, on the Taylor Swift Spotify front is like if she had been on Spotify the whole time, like what her song counts would yeah. look like. Oh yeah. She's not. She. I think she's not in the top ten Spotify artists. She's nineteen right now, which is ridiculous. Um, really? But, uh, anyways. So Post Malone's probably at the top. He is one of the top. That Post is true. And um, 
Uh, Drake's one of the uh, top. WAP girl. What's her name? Oh, Cardi B. Cardi B. <laughs> you can tell how much we listen to music by what's her name, WAP. Okay. Uh, we will not, Mom, we're not going to explain what that is about. Dude, yeah, do not worry. <laughs> oh my God. Love you. Okay, uh, so as Adam was saying, though, I, do, I did want to talk about, and he wanted to talk about, and we want to talk about uh, just our, our kind of broad impressions because I think one of the unique things about spending the last three weeks some of us crammed at the last minute and listened to a bunch of albums but uh one of the unique things about listening to taylor swift so succinctly so quickly is that we kind of got impressions about her what what did you guys think about listening through to taylor swift what was your what was your overall impressions what do you think about her yeah so uh for me i think like a lot of times people's number one insult for an artist is like everything like mumford sons like, oh, everything sounds the same, which we can get into Mumford and Sons later. It does not sound all the same. Hey, the third album is different. Y- yes, yeah. yes. But a lot of people love to go with the zinger of like, oh, this person just sounds the same on everything they produce. And I think that is definitely one thing you can point and look to Taylor Swift and be like, that is not the case. I think she is one of the more dynamic, popular artists of our generation. I think sure. uh, you can look on all her eight out al- is it eight eight albums eight yeah. albums eight yeah. albums and be like yes she has progressed and changed throughout that and i think a music lover is can find something of taylor swift that he likes you know you know maybe he doesn't like the taylor swift um you know a couple of first couple she. of albums yeah fearless type of thing but like someone is going to find something that he likes of taylor swift and i think you can point to that and be like she's a very dynamic and and, and pretty good artist you know you you got to give her credit where credit is due on that and so me as a swifty who who loved her through the first couple of years and then maybe dropped off a little bit but has kind of come back to her and been like oh she has some quality stuff can really say like there is something for everyone in the artist that is taylor swift mm-hmm. yeah stuff to find you're going to find something that you like in one of her albums, uh, regardless of what your music tastes are, I think. And so that's that's pretty unique about an artist. What else? What do we think? Yeah, I mean, um, as somebody who didn't really listen to a whole lot of Taylor Swift before this, um, I got to say, um, and as definitely highly a highly amateur songwriter myself, um, I, I would say that Taylor Swift is a beast of a songwriter. I mean... Her discography here. I, I will make one request, Taylor, if you're listening, please write less than 14 songs on your next album. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, uh, I'm I'm really impressed with just her proficiency at songwriting. Um, uh, the volume of her work. I mean, it's it's really incredible. Um, I'm definitely going to be coming back and listening. Uh, to more Taylor Swift. Sure. Eva, any broad thoughts? Um, definitely would uh, <laughs> co-sign with Adam on kind of the, she's just extremely dynamic, extremely diverse, you know, diversity of sound. I think that really stands out and I applaud. I mean, she has the freedom when you're that mega popular, you can, you know, and you're not worried about playing to the hits. You can kind of experiment a little bit more. Um, and I do kind of, I, I find that interesting about her. It's like, uh, 
I think she has such an interesting personality. Like if she wasn't like a famous, you know, celebrity pop star, I feel like she'd be like one of those like hardcore, like Tumblr feminists or something like that. You know, just like she'd kind of like sit in the corner of the room and then you're like, does she speak? And then you like, you're friends with her on like social media and you're like, stop posting all the time. Exactly. Adam knows who I'm talking about. That's, uh, and so I think it, it's just an interesting personality because it's like, that's a personality that generally doesn't translate well to being like super popular, but she's just a, a great, fantastic songwriter and you know, has all this acclaim and you know, people are like, so it, it's, but I think it, it, it translates well because she can just churn out all this material because she like sees a couple and then she's like, I'm going to write out their whole love story. You know, I, I saw one picture or like this guy kind of snubbed me. And now I'm going to write this mean breakup song. And so, uh, I mean, yeah, to think to be an artist, you have to be a little bit different than most folks. So, um, but yeah, it, it just Taylor Swift in an alternate reality would be just kind of, <laughs> I'd be interested to see that person because it would probably be a person I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. Taylor Swift. I'm in the same boat as Andrew. I uh, never really heard. Uh, I, I learned and I heard more songs for the first time through this whole experience than I did, you know, before, because before I just knew maybe three or four, maybe five of the more popular songs in an album um, when it applied. And I loved the whole experience. And the first thing I'm going to do, even though I just kind of crammed this all in the past two weeks, I'm going to listen to folklore straight away. And then like so many more albums. And I can't wait. I mean, she is incredible. She is not unilateral. She changes. Um, and she she does what she wants, and you can tell. Um, she's not an artist that is a slave to, you know, a genre or to really anything. She has the creative space to really be herself, and I admire that. Um, yeah. I mean, and just like that's something that I really do appreciate and an artist and just even one of these songs one of these most popular songs if that was your hit that's still a huge feat and the fact that she does it every single album is just i mean it's incredible yeah um, it yeah. really is a testament to her talent her songwriting ability she's the type of artist that you would find out later um that she had so many unproduced songs like she seems like she just it loves the grind and the work and it's just, uh, and she's appreciated for it. Um, I'm sure she's yeah. written twice as many as yeah. we have, like on Spotify, <laughs> pulled up right now. Right, <laughs> that haven't been published. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. So again, just incredible artist, um, and it shows. We are certainly in the majority there, um, and just really, really happy that we got a chance to listen and reflect on the greatness that is Taylor Swift. I think you never really get bored of Taylor Swift. I'm not ashamed. Well, I might be a little bit ashamed to say that every single year that Spotify has done their like year in review, Taylor Swift is always on my, what do they give you? Top five or top <laughs> whatever it is that they give you. Like she has been on there like literally every year. Like I feel like, I mean, I just never get sick of her. There's always a reason hey, to listen you to like Taylor what you Swift. Like. And I might take a little bit of a break after listening to all seven hours and whatever, but I'll <laughs> I'll be back soon. So, 
Cool. Well, I mean, I agree with what everyone said. Um, I mean, I think one of the things that I think is so unique is that, again, I've said it before, she is direct enough that everyone can relate in her lyrics, but vague enough that nobody feels left out. And that's one of the best things about her is she, she includes everyone in the way that she writes her songs. We can all connect to them, we all relate to them, and we all enjoy them. And uh, it's one of the things that's so powerful about her and potent about her songwriting. I think one of the things we didn't talk about was just kind of her her deal with fame. Uh, if you've watched Miss Americana, it's just... Uh, you know, she battles with the issues of criticism, but also, you know, she's the person on the highest stage. So she gets the absolute highest praise and then also the worst criticism all in the same time. I mean, she's had huge views with, you know, Katy Perry and Kanye West and Scooter Braun. One of the things I, I noticed, though, is uh, like the song Dancing With Her Hands Tied on Reputation she writes about. She started dating her her um, her boyfriend Joe for three years, and she was away for from the the limelight for like three or four months. And then she came back, and as, she, as soon as she came back to L.A., she left the gym. The paparazzi came da- came out and uh, like took a video of her and commented on her weight. She was like overweight. She immediately went to the studio, cried, and uh, and wrote the song. And it's a great song, uh, "Dancing with Our Hands Tied." Um, but I think one of the things is for us listening, for us commenting, you know, it's easy to judge her, but being in her position with all the pressure that she has, I think she's done a phenomenal job. I mean, I think all the way through all eight albums are, are excellent, superb, worth listening to. And, uh, and I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed listening through them all the way through. I think the big thing I realized was I thought that I disliked reputation and lover a lot and listening to them again with fresh ears with open eyes i thought they were pretty enjoyable so uh that's really all i think we have to say we've pretty well exhausted the topic of taylor swift i think in the future uh months and weeks hopefully we'll meet again and go through other artists discographies i know there's been some conversation about potentially a weezer podcast thank you steven Adam's chuckling. Kanye. Toby I know. Keith. Uh, <laughs> we are not doing Toby Keith. I vetoed that. Toby Keith. Cardi uh, B. There's Nicki been... Minaj. Oh my gosh. Nickelback. Nickelback. There's been some. Um, the National. There's been Coldplay. There's been a few Cold other Fred. artists listen, er, listed. I've jokingly said Dave Matthews Band as well, although I think we have to DMB. listen to the, Fleetwood Mac. I think we can only listen to the live albums if we do Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> so, uh, how many hours do we have? I guess we'll do Fish after that. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, if you are still listening, if you're still in tune, uh, it's you. probably all two of you at this point. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for uh, participating, for continuing to stay in tune, continuing to listen to a bunch of amateurs talk about things we don't know too much about but uh we've really enjoyed it i think it's been fun and uh we hope you'll tune in for our future episodes and uh whoever we discuss so again once again uh been a great time talking about taylor swift's albums and discographies and uh we'll look forward to uh doing this again soon so peace out thanks again we'll see you around 
See ya. Peace out, as Adam says. Same song. Bye, y'all. He swizzled.